right. Welcome back to Arcane Liberation Radio. This is Chad. And as always, I got my boy Remy with me. And today we are going to be getting into hermeticism, kind of its origins and why it's important, why it kind of ties in to our previous episodes and um, how it's, you know, not so much about transforming, you know, the material alchemy like everybody hears about which is just transforming, you know, base metals into gold for material gain. We're talking about the spiritual alchemy that the hermitists taught. And, you know, this is important because like I said, it's about, it's not about, you know, material gain and weirdos in a, you know, dungeon playing with test tubes and stuff to, uh, you know, turn um, tin into gold for, so they can go sell it or anything. It's about inner transformation. You know, it's about transforming yourself out of that lower nature into a higher state of alchemical gold. And for those of you that may not know, the word alchemy just me is like Al, A-L, is from. And then chem is actually the the original name of Egypt, which meant black. They referred to it as the black land because... I think because of the soil, it was so fertile back in the day. That's why they called it the black land. But alchemy is about turning that darkness into the light, you know, and um, it's also where we get chemistry, you know, but there's a difference between alchemy and chemistry because spiritual alchemy is, you know, that marriage of spirit and science together. And in our modern day chemistry, we have, that divorce and it's just about material science. So, um, like I said, it was turn. it was, uh, this is about turning base metals into gold. It's not about turning base metals into gold for material purposes. Um, and hermeticism is, um, it's less about a dogma and following a specific doctrine just because somebody told you to do so. It's more about like, giving you a set of tools to evolve yourself from this material realm back to a higher form from where we came, you know, to evolve spiritually. It's like a, a, a set of tools you can use to, um, to evolve yourself out of a lower nature. And um, ultimately, you know, it's just my opinion. I think that's why we're here on earth is to evolve back into our true nature and, you know, and get back home to our higher state. And, you know, it's not to like, worship the Kardashians and the Sunday game and <laughs> this never ending thirst for money, you know, like they want, they want you to think, or that's what they sell you on dude is like the religion of money. And, and, you know, how do I get that dollar? You yeah. know, that kind of shit. And um, when the reality is we've got work to do here, you know, it's not, it's not just a pleasure center down here. You know, we've got actual work to do. And it's like not saying that we can't, have a good time while we do it, but we've got, we've got shit to do here. And it's not just about, um, you know, just doing nonsense your whole life. And then you're 90 years old on your deathbed thinking, what the hell did I actually do? You know, it's about actually elevating yourself and getting to a higher place. So, you know, that is, uh, kind of what we're going to be talking about today is because this kind of, this all kind of ties back to our foundation we built of truth and knowledge and, um, and natural law principles. And so this is, um, this is, I guess where I'm going to hand it over to you, Remy, and, um, we're going to kind of get into the origins, I think, unless you want to 
comment on that intro, but that's kind of the direction I think we're going to head today. Yeah, I think um, as far as, you know, just that the introduction, um, yeah, this is, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, a form of philosophy or a, a system of symbol that is often associated like we, like what you were pointing out with the idea of the alchemy um, that was developed in, you know, a later time um, and associated with this, this general philosophy. Um, and I do think that the point that you, that you noted about uh, it's not just about, um, you know, turning because is so some people might not be familiar even with that, that basic history of alchemy as related to the hermetic, um, the hermetic, right. you know, uh, philosophy. Um, but those who are, or, and those who aren't, well, if you look at that motif of, um, you know, using the, the symbolic, you know, transformation of lower, you know, base metals into, into valuable, precious metals. Um, it, it really is a great motif to that, that, or motif that can clarify, I think the, the uses and the, and the abuses of, of this, this science or this, um, you know, spiritual psychological inquiry or, um, method. And it's that, if you're if if you really just see it for a for a surface this from the surface level oh you could just turn you know turning base metals into gold using your creative power it's like okay that's like the most basic version of it um and and it's 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 the i think yeah it's almost. exactly it's yeah. it's the exoteric it's the ex, the outer the outer circle are are aware of this i think to a larger degree now um than in the past um but and then there's like another level of that where people are like oh you can achieve this physical um you know physical uh success and material success but getting to the heart getting closer to the heart of a matter and realizing that it is primarily and fundamentally based in spirituality and and from the mental plane and then i think that there's an, an even further level where it's like where it's, it's that you realize that even even to a certain extent that there are certain aspects of of um, certain material, uh, you know, material systems that are put into place that are, um, when you really assess and examine the the fundamentals of them, that they actually do have sort of um, a conflicting, a conflicting uh, stated goal to the to spiritual pursuits, and and, and mm -hmm. I think that differentiating. Um, between the specifics of that is an important aspect of it. But I think that that comes from really getting to the core and um, focusing intently on the actual basis of the philosophy itself, getting really deep into the fundamentals of it. So um, what what I think what we're, we're trying to tie together is like paint this big picture and see like what's going on right now, overall grand scheme, um, and why it relates to the very long-standing tradition of asking these probing and important questions. And uh, I think that that is uh, really what the root of the Hermetic mystery is, is, is founded upon, and it goes back a long time. So, um, yeah, I think that just that to add to the, in the introduction, and then um, I guess we can go ahead and start jumping into the, the origin. Let, you mm -hmm. know, like, let's, let's treat it, treat it with um, some chronology here to kind of, Put it into into perspective in the 3d world like what's you know what so let i guess we can just jump into that that, that chronological breakdown to sort of yeah. put it into a, a a basic perspective if you want to go ahead and hop sure. on that. yeah and so 
basically everything, all of this stuff draws back to ancient Egypt, right? And we have the Greeks called him Hermes, the Egyptians called him Thoth, which as Remy and I were just talking about, sounds a lot like thought, which directly ties into all these principles. And um, so essentially Thoth got a download, right? He, so he was basically the, um, the, the catalyst from the higher, higher realms into the physical realm. So he got like divine knowledge and brought it to man. And he did this, you know, he created the Emerald tablets, which he wrote all of the, you know, the principles on, and he was said to have wrote like between 10 and 40,000 books and all this. And I think it's important to point out that um, it's probably likely that he was not a real person, you know, and it's that all of these ideas and principles are easy to tell in an allegorical story um, and easy to present to future generations as if he is, this, if this person Thoth or Hermes Trismegistus is, was his full name is uh, the symbolic representation of all these ideas. You know, it's easier to pass down, pass down those ideas. And so, yeah, he was said to be the author and founder of, you know, alchemy, astronomy, chemistry, language, um, basically everything man knows to be um, a study or pursuit. Um, he was said to be the inventor of. And um, everyone flocked to Egypt to learn from the master, you know, and he was, I think he was said to have lived like 300 years or something like that. So, um, and then eventually um, the teachings were lost to, or the teachings were eventually compilated and taken to Alexandria. Do I have that part right, Remy? I think that the idea is that, um, right, you have this like you have this illusion. So you're uh, this alluding to um, with within the you know the second third century of Alexandria that this yeah. is where that that sort of lore uh, in a certain sense originated from in the in in the sense of the narrative aspect of it. Right. Um, so this idea of like Hermes being the um, Greek the Greek um, you know mythological figure uh, of which was you know essentially associated with mercury which is like the um you know the the deity of of right. right the messenger of the gods right delivering the the messages of 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 of, of the, the the gods to the people which again like you just said it's i i don't i don't personally take this as being a literal narrative right. of a person yeah. whatsoever um, it's just easier to pass down that way right because it's... because these characters can represent things and yeah. they could be they could be fluid and it and, and it's also it you know, it taps into um, the way that we process knowledge is largely by analogy. We everything is analogous, and it's it's comparative um, mm -hmm. to a certain extent within our general sensory, um, uh, you know, information field. So yeah, th there there's this idea that it was, um, yeah, it was it was essentially um, kind of compiled from from Egyptian, um, you know, the, the Egyptian priesthood that had also like it's, it's, it's mystical, you know, hidden priesthood that, that had their ability to interpret, you know, hieroglyph and the, the, their stories from a more, you know, 
I would say ethereal or heavenly or, uh, you know, symbolic perspective of, of as far as what it represented within the, the realm of, of spiritual yeah. and consciousness. And that um, at the time of Alexandria, that it was just, it was, uh, it was a, a, a really unique period of time where so many different groups of people came together and yeah. were able to sort of share this information. And then, so they, yeah, it, to a certain extent, it was. Yeah, it, and they say Alexandria was kind of like a melt, this melting pot of people, you know, and, and the, the people there were known for their thirst for knowledge. And, um, you know, they had this enormous library full of all this, these mystical texts and stuff. And then the, um, basically what happened, everybody's kind of heard of the burning of the library of Alexandra, Alexandria, um, Alexandria, um, but what happened was there was the intolerant Christian empire came along and decided we can't have this, you know? Um, and so really what happened is they burned all this information to the ground and, um, you know, Christians deemed them pagans and all that. And that became a, um, something that was a negative connotation. And, um, all the knowledge that was in that library was scattered. You know, people took what they could and made for the hills essentially, because it was either that or get stoned to death in the town square kind of deal. <laughs> and so um, this is basically whenever um, we're said to have entered the dark ages. And um, the, like I said, the keepers of the knowledge had to flee from city to city to city as you know, each city became more intolerant of non-Christian worldviews, they had to keep moving, you know, and, and this information was kind of, um, you know, they had manuscripts and stuff, and that's kind of what the Corpus Hermeticum was, is like a compilation of what we've found left, but they essentially was, a lot of it was passed from lip to ear, they say, you know, from just oral tradition, so the uh the fragments that we have compiled in you know the corpus hermeticum and the um, divine pymander by um thoth is basically um the bulk of the remnants we have that um made it from alexandria and as well as like there's like a few texts from the nag hammadi libraries that were found yeah um and then uh so i think a sort of interesting development of that whole that era is you know around the the first century um first third fourth you know onwards up into the you know the the roman empires and the and then the catholic church being established and, the, and then that that whole phase of the dark dark ages starting is that previous to that the gnostics the christians the you know the the um the mystery school um you know the the small you know, groups of these mystery schools were, were persecuted for a while. And, and there was this, you know, it's this sort of this weird dichotomy that happened is that they were persecuted. Their, their information was, was essentially rejected. And then short after was then ab adopted by, and then kind of reconfigured for the state religion of Rome and, and the, um, you know, the Catholic church that became, you know, the, the inquisitors and the, and the, you know, the, the crusaders, um, based off of a really kind of surface level version of what was actually being 
communicated and spoken of at that time. It was treated as literally as as it was treated literally and then embodied by this by the empire, and then the empire then enacted you know brute force mm -hmm. um, for the enforcement of like a very specific literal interpretation of the doctrine. But it's really interesting because it's like the 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 hidden meaning of it went underground to a certain extent and i don't think that this implies that it was the good guys versus the bad guys and the bad guys versus the good guys i think that there's certain elements of the people who went into hiding that had i think you know there's there's a level of of variance within it's not just to imply that every single person that took these these teachings into hiding was like you know the the ultimate the ultimate good but i think that there there was there were some good intentions with it, but that also gets into the, you know, the idea of the secrecy that's held with these, you know, these schools. They're oftentimes, um, the, the real interpretations of these things are often kept within a, within a, a small group of people who consider themselves generally elite and, and, and worthy of this information. And now yeah. some of, some of it by necessity had to be kept secret and coded. Um, and I think that that's what was happening during, um, during that, you know, tempestuous time of the of the the empire that was rising because of this you know because of the suppression and also yeah. use of this information so and i think one of the one of the main reasons um well that christianity stuck with the people well not only because the like empire forced it down people's throats but because hermeticism and those mystery schools um, that line of philosophy didn't have like a single text and a single hero or archetype for people to, to gravitate towards, you know? And so to me, you know, these texts required personal responsibility. They required you to do the work to transform yourself. You know, it's easy to go to the temple once a week and say, you did the work when you're just sitting there you know it's harder to go home and meditate on you know these spiritual teachings and you know go out in the world and and act um in accordance with how these things are are laid out you know and and in alignment with truth and natural law you know that's much harder than it is to just simply listen to a preacher talk on Sunday and say, yeah, that's great. Throw some money into the plate and then forget everything you just heard. You know, you know, that's all well and good. Um, as far as pretending you're doing something, but that's, <laughs> that's again, that's to me, that's not doing, um, the great work of transforming yourself and then being able to transform others by, uh, by proxy. You know what I mean? And, and that's not to bash on everybody that goes to church on Sunday, because there are honest, hardworking people that do that. But, you know, by and large, I, I would say that that's pretty true. Yeah. And also that's not only is that um, just an observable, uh, you know, difference between the two approaches, there's, there's, there's a clear divergence in, in um, you know, in outlook and responsibility there. But it's also, uh, it's actually, you know, ingrained within the um within the the creed itself like that's actually a doctrinal a doctrinal statement that's that was established by you know these early church fathers is that it's an, in fact you are inherently dirty and you're you know this the idea of original sin and yeah. that you it's you can't even 
you don't you don't even have the ability to to achieve um any type of spiritual growth you you yeah. are you, and the only way to achieve that type of spiritual growth and ascension to unification with with your your fate is by giving you know by by externalizing to this mm -hmm. this figure that even if you read the words of that that figure don't even really align with that if 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 you kind of you know i guess you have to cherry pick because it's all way. separate from yourself yeah i think you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like this like the hermitists and you know natural law and and even like walter russell like remy's well first in you know this is all like we're we're in harmony with this. It's like we're a holographic part of the whole, you know, the separate is um, an equal part of the whole, just a, you know, smaller scale or whatever. But, you know, this comes from within ourselves, like Christ consciousness comes from within ourselves. If we can evolve ourselves to that state, you know, rather than it being a separate entity um, apart from us, like he's going to save us, you know, we save ourselves. Um, I would yeah. even say maybe that it's not it, it, I it's it, it don't even say that it doesn't come from within ourselves or that it because it doesn't originate there but it comes but but that true essence that comes from our true essence it, it's one and the same so yeah. it's like you know I totally like, agree with that yeah in in, in the it sense it doesn't originate there but we're part of it yeah so yeah. so we so it's it, accessing that is is accessing the substantial grounds of reality itself and th and that is something that you do have access to through your own faculties of of your various faculties across a scale your you know your sensory and your sensory faculties are limited but also give rise to the understanding of this and then your 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 that, that level of your your mental faculties are also to an extent limited but far more uh, you know, expansive and also give rise to that. So you are able to access this, this being the word, the, you know, the, the, the logos, the, um, you know, the, the, the intermediary between the creator the, and, and yourself that is accessible. So in a certain sense, there's certain aspects even that if you Amen. sort of invert the, of invert the uh, interpretation of, of certain, certain things with even within even the gospels, uh, you'll. I've found that sometimes if you take the parts that are that are in in common interpretation, um, interpreted literally, and then you interpret them allegorically, and then the parts that are interpreted allegorically interpret them literally, almost like just yeah. as an exercise, mm -hmm. you'll kind of find that there's a there's a lot of um, cohesion between a lot of of the um, you know uh, of the mystical schools of thought and exoteric christianity and then it becomes esoteric again um so I, I do think that that yeah that's that that was that's a huge part of it is that that feeling of of um and that you know the continual introduction of externalizing yeah as having sort of distorted the the trajectory of the the mm -hmm. the intended purpose of the spiritual lesson yeah i mean we could go on for days about how externalization is crippling our society right now you know you know some the savior complex somebody's whether it's a politician or a spiritual guru or something you know somebody's going to come save us whenever literally it's if we do the transmutation from our lower nature to our higher nature is when we're going to save ourselves you know so dude i thought maybe i'd read this quote that kind of ties in with uh natural law and the things we've been talking about um 
and kind of the view from the hermetic philosophy on on those things what do you think yeah go for it yeah yeah so it's through the same creativity of man improving plants in the garden we can improve he can improve himself the hermetist believes this skill of transformation or transmutation by which all things are transformed from a lesser to a greater state by law and by lawful procedures. Man becomes skillful in the administration of natural law. He becomes the preserver of his planet, becomes the perfecter of his way of life, and makes possible all other good things so that not only man, but all nature enjoys a wonderful prosperity. And so the hermitists, you know, they kind of align with... Um, what we've been breaking down and, and with natural law and stuff, you know, they understood that there's a law to this realm and, and how it works, you know, and we're going to get into the seven principles, um, kind of laid out in the Kabbalion, but, um, which kind of, uh, is the general philosophy. It's not, doesn't encompass everything, but it's kind of a good outline, um, to start with if you're brand new to uh, hermetic philosophy and stuff like that. So, but yeah, this is, um, they really tie in well with, um, natural, natural law and understanding that there is laws to abide by and, and align with. I hate saying abide by, because it's like, then we're, I hate, <laughs> thinking, oh, I better not do something because natural law is going to catch up to me. You know what I mean? I like aligning with it. Like it comes naturally once you evolve yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there is a certain level of, of internal self-discipline that has to, that, that has to occur to get to that. And, and that's the, the, um, you know, a proper use of the dynamic of, of control yourself. It's self-control. You know, you do have to, you have to mitigate, you know, your, your, um, you know, your, unruly nature and 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 sort yeah. of bring it to bring it to um to harmony so that it becomes that it, over time it does become more it becomes a a, a um you know a more natural right. process yeah. of harmonization and that's with, with, that's yeah. exactly right because you can't just you can't go from one day you know beast consciousness to christ consciousness kind of thing without yeah. there being some kind of discipline on the way there so yeah you're absolutely right but i just i guess in my mind it's like i hate talking about i hate saying it like that because that just reminds me of like the laws of men i better not break this law because otherwise i'll get arrested well yeah but i think that the reason why those the why man-made law forms and things like that arise and have such a detrimental effect is because they're an inversion of something that is fundamentally true so they're not completely fabricated out of nowhere they take something that actually is and then they they it, it creates like a composite like fake version of it and that's sort of the the gift and curse of humanity is that we we have the ability to take something that actually exists and create like this like chimeric form that is completely unnatural and detrimental and 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 in a sense chaotic in nature that does mm -hmm. have a, a, a um a shelf life you know and i think that so i think that 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 concept even like the idea of like authority authority is not entirely negative it's in, it's it's negative when inverted and and authority yeah. is 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 primarily the the authority of of you know the this exact this exact um you know dynamic that's being observed by this this school of thought and that's that that's the whole um i think that a big lesson um in in looking into ancient um you know ancient artifacts ancient cultures, religions, mythologies, is that this is 
humanity participating in the analysis in the um integration in the in the you know deintegration of certain ideas and the reintegration of certain ideas and recognizing it, it, that it's a, it is a it, not in the sense of, of of specifically the material sciences, but it's a scientific in the sense of it's an actual trial and error of trying to understand what actually is fundamentally and absolutely true and how that that interaction of the absolute inter, inter, interacts and relates to our relatively, um, you know, limited space of existence that we that we occupy and so you know this is this is this it's not a dogma it's not like a it's not an un uh you know it's not an unapproachable um method of 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 learning and when it comes to understanding how this applies to the human human societies i mean that quote that you read is it's 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 incredible because it's it, it it points out that that philosophy itself, which is the love of wisdom, isn't simply just so that you can know things. It's so that you can create something harmonious with what you've discovered in the in the you know the cosmic beauty of of the spiritual realm. Yeah, and actually um, apply that shit exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and and bring it here, bring it down, so to speak, like mm -hmm. bring it down to here, back back down to earth, and. And and it's not about just simply just ascension so that you can get there and, and you're like you're gone. It's like it, which is actually one of the the parts of the Kybalion that I appreciated is that like if you treat this world like a dream that's just means nothing, then it will bring that same chaotic you know nihilist um, yeah. you know outcome. And so although this isn't the physical world isn't the fundamental grounds to reality, it is still con connected to and it is still. Um, uh, it's a relative representation of the the absolute fundamental reality. So it it it's not to be it's not to be completely just um, frivolously disregarded. Um, it, it's it's still on that continuum of true existence that should be treated as such. So that means that the that means that the the 3D physical world is every every bit as as um, I would say important um, to be cared for and 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 understood but there's there's a connection between the world that is hidden by the physical world which is what these 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 laws really are are trying to tap into um and historic i mean you could look at the history of it and, and get you know get just trapped up in the oh well the, the, the egyptians got it from atlantis or some other thing and then the greeks got it and then, and then it's like yeah it, it, so that's and that's amazing it's it's not something to to shrug at because that's why i think that any type of information or knowledge that you can acquire is going to be beneficial as long as you're really trying to understand what the root of all knowledge is in the first yeah. place and so by looking at this long-standing history and and also the mistakes that that happened during this time how did how did the people who have this great knowledge completely contradict you know some type of divine truth that they spoke two three sentences before and then make a statement that's you know completely out of out of line with that um and i think that uh, the understanding this history of it um is not just understanding the history of of a, perf a perfected group of people it's it's understanding that this is still is it's 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 still a living a, a living legacy and and um yeah. Uh, it's it's not something that's owned by people in the past, and it's not something by, that's owned by people now. It's something that we're we're all. It's a dynamic, you know, function of life itself. And I I, I try not to get wrapped up in the in the in the letters in the the symbols that are communicating it. And 
really get to the, the the absolute, which is truly not solid. It's constantly flowing. And, and and by not solid, I don't mean it's not substantial and not real, but I mean, it's that um, it's not, it's not, you know, calcified and, and, un, and unmoving. It's living. It's always living. And it, mm-hmm. it, and it's, it is the living word, you know? And that's, what's important. I think, you know, is like we get so wrapped up in the historicity of these religions and, you know, if something was literal or something wasn't, which is, you know, it's some of these things we'll never get an answer to most likely, you know? So I think if we focus on the teachings and is it, you know, are these things true? Does it align with truth? Does it align with, uh, you know, the laws of our realm? Does it align with, you know, harmony here? You know, I think, and we cross-reference all these things, and that's why I think it's it's more dangerous if you just take one one religion or one school of thought and take it as the infallible word. You know, and and everything else is heresy and Luciferian. It's a childish worldview to not to not be able to cross-reference material and get to the um, underlying truth of the matter. So. That's why, you know, it's just, to me, it's very important to um, just, you know, people put a certain stigma on certain, um, you know, occult teachings and, and, you know, things that aren't mainstream. I just, I just flush that shit down the toilet because I, we've been, (laughs) we've been lied to on such a level that, you know, why would I, why would I trust anybody's word on that? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get that gnosis, that direct experience and, and, figure it out for myself. Maybe it is garbage. Maybe I I will throw it out. Maybe it doesn't align with truth, but I'm going to figure it out, you know, and, and and that's just part of that responsibility of uh, evolving and um, be, you know, that transmutation, that alchemical transmutation, that's part of it Um, being able to cross-reference. And this is uh, also part of the trivium process, which I'm sure we'll, we'll do a show on eventually, but um, yeah. Yeah. um, And in the same way, it's, uh, I think that especially people who have grown up and had really terrible experiences with, with religion, with, um, you know, um, classical religion or the primarily the, um, you know, the, the Abrahamic faiths, um, it's also important not to completely throw everything out from those as well, because you can still learn, like, why are these, why are these books used and why are they used in, in the way that they are, um, to, in a sense to, um, you know, subjugate human thought and, and human action. Um, and how are, but then also what are, what are some of the, some of the, the truths that are verifiable truths, at least verifiable within the metaphysical sense, um, that you can find within these, um, within these, these books, within these traditions, because, um, you're going to find, you're going to find big picture, the, the big picture kind of paints, uh, a, a really detailed, history and story of the human spirit, but there's, there's always going to be an empty space there. And that empty space oftentimes is, and that's where, that's what the power of retroduction is, is, is removing and removing and removing, um, all of the, the things that are not, and that are not really viable. And so in the same sense, um, you know, don't, you know, I don't throw out any, any book or religious tradition. And that doesn't mean that I ascribe or that I, I, I subscribe to it. And, and that I, I, th- that once I'm reading it, then suddenly I'm putting into practice all the things it's teachings. It, it's, 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 a, it's a, it, it is that, that, that process of, of, of really internalizing it and getting a, an, an understanding of the, 
of, of you know, as you said, gnosis, you know, that, ex, that yeah. experiential knowledge, that actual transcendent knowledge that, that bridges between, um, the personal to the, you know, to the, to the grand. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think that actually, uh, that sort of, uh, I, I do want to know, um, you know, like how there, there are so many converging, um, philosophical understandings, like, within like Gnosticism, um, you know, Christianity, esoteric Christianity, um, hermetic philosophy, ancient Egyptian philosophy, um, ancient Egyptian, you know, mythology, Greek. Um, now that's, you know, that's not to say that every single one of these, um, is taken in its entirety. Right. So that's the general idea that we're trying to get across here. And that includes the hermetic mystery. But, um, I think that, uh, there are some really useful, uh, I would say summaries that have been that have been extrapolated from the pages of this tradition and from the you know from that you know lip to ear transmission of this information and some of them uh, I think uh, each you know I think that there's a, a trend where in each each generation there's there's somebody who kind of takes this information compiles it and then re-delivers it and maybe improves upon it in some ways and because of the vantage point that they have of being able to look into the past and um certain things that have been discovered that help shine light on you know even deeper aspects of of um you know even the physical world that are related to and um found to be in continuity and correspondence with these principles that exist and um I, you had mentioned the Kabbalion. I think that's a good, you know, kind of a good compilation, a good primer of kind of the hermetic, um, you know, mysteries. I don't think that it's, it's like, I don't think that it really is like, I think there's some parts in it that if you dig more into um, some of these older philosophies and even like Neoplatonic um, philosophies and uh, Platonic and which have in them a lot of valuable, valuable philosophical truths and, um, then there's some that are a little bit less, uh, less consistent. Um, but this, I think the Kabbalion does a good job of, of, of recognizing that there is some type of fundamental, um, uh, under underpinning to, to the, the, the discoveries of these, of these, um, ancient mystery schools and in specific to the, um, hermetic and alchemical. So, um, I, I, we did want to go over kind of like the basic principles that exist within the hermetic philosophy, because there, there are some basic tenets that, um, I, it really, it, in a certain sense, it's one of the things that as I've read more into it, it has a really, um, clear and simple breakdown of, of its, of its worldview, but it's also not muddied with dogmas and, and, um, you know, uh, sort of, fan you know fantastical uh uh you know claims of what occurs within the metaphysical world it's it's i think it's a very and it's a very uh um i don't know it's very it's very heartfelt and if you read the text it's you can there's a sense of um i would say like a sense of of devotion to to the questions and to the answers that are found um and it's 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 pretty straightforward and i um yeah, do you want to go ahead and you kind of want to jump into those main principles after my big rant there? <laughs> yeah, so the Kabbalion, as we had referenced earlier, lays out seven different principles. But I think these can be kind of boiled down into, um, into Remy's got them boiled down into three. And I think that's probably a good um, 
synthesis, I guess. So the first being mentalism, you know, the mind, um, the all is mind, as the Kabbalion would say. So everything, everything we see in our manifest world, in our 3D world, you know, this glass bottle I have in my hand, what preceded the creation of that glass bottle was a thought. So, you know, everything, literally everything we see first was a thought, you know, and this is kind of the basic idea of what um, mentalism is. Mind is the grounds of existence. And this kind of ties in with um, the Egyptians calling Thoth or his name being Thoth sounds a lot like thought because mentalism is kind of the grounds, the, the foundation for hermetic philosophy, the all is mind. And, um, and, and that's also what mental alchemy is, you know, transforming your mind from a lower state to a higher state. And so it's all about, um, transmutation and, um, that mental willpower really. And, um, let's see the mechanisms enacted through thought is the sensory world of vibratory motion, which records and simulated thought. The physical world is essentially the electrically polarized motion of substrate counter space ether, which is ether. The empty waters of creation that simulate mind and thought. Walter Russell explored this idea most recently with brilliant accuracy. And I'm going to tell you, Remy's going to explain this much better than I can. So... <laughs> So yeah, I, I think that um, in a real, it, it's like, it's, it is, it is, it's really simple. It's that like, in, in a, in a principal sense, we recognize this, we recognize this as like, almost like a self-evident, um, a self-evident truth of, of existence before, you know, before we had a cup, we had to have the idea of a vessel that contains enough empty space to, to, um, you know, encapsulate a liquid or, um, you know, a, a, a ground material, whatever it is, you can put anything in a cup, but it's the idea that there had to be this idea that preceded that, that actual physical, um, creation of this, of this, you know, thing, whatever the thing is, a pen, an airplane, you know, but, yeah. um, that quote that I, that I, I that wasn't really a quote. That was just a, a sort of my way of explaining it. And it's, it is largely influenced by the way that, um, um, Walter Russell explains this idea. And, um, so if you get deeper into this, this concept and you really start asking the question and trying to disprove it and trying to understand within the world of matter, I, I'm going to try to disprove that, that mind or that consciousness is the grounds to existence. You kind of, you, I, for me, the process really revealed that to be more so, um, uh, evident than just on the self-evident um, level. So the idea is that like the, me the mechanisms enacted through thought is the sensory world of vibratory motion, which records and simulates thought is what I meant to put. I wrote simulated. Um, so th uh, the mechanisms enacted through thought is the sensory world of vibratory motion, which records and simulates thought. So um, the physical world uh, is essentially an electrical, an electrically, an electrically polarized motion um, that is, that is, you know, uh, a representation of this um, substrate counterspatial substance, so to speak, which is what this idea of ether is, um, which has largely been thrown out by modern science, but, um, and replaced with this idea of atomism, and atomism is not a viable, um, you know, cosmic mechanic uh, 
postulate whatsoever. Uh, but um, th th these are this is sort of synonymous and um, comparable or analogous to the idea of the empty waters. You know, the um, the 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 dark waters of of creation that um, were introduced to thought that then manifested. Um, you know. Uh, well, it was it's, it was in, the, the the creator's mind. It was introduced to this this empty waters, and then the 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 motion that was created then s creates the physical world. Um, so that's really you know that's really deep into the um you know the 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 it's it's a it's a more technical look at it. Um, but anybody who's interested in getting that technical, it's there's plenty there to look into it, and and you start to understand that this electrical um polarization. Um, or really it's dielectric magnetic um, polarization that occurs in, in the, 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 the smallest scales of, of existence, which most people will say, well, the smaller scale you go, the more particles you find, and then you find more particles under that that are, that's, that's, a, um, you know, that's just atomism and um, superimposed upon the, upon the, the framework of, of, the, uh, of the substantial. Um, but this is really, as you go further and further into the the substance of of the, the the physical world you get further away from from dense solid matter and you get more um you get closer into into things that really don't calculate as things you know electricity magnetism dielectricity which is essentially electrostatics don't really process as material so how is it that the material world is compiled and comprised of something that is actually essentially not material, even in a general scientific sense, without even getting into mysticism. Um, because everyone will, will, will realize that you go down to protons and molecules and electrons, and it's all just these particles. They're not particles I, 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 that are, are containing electrical signatures, positive and negative electrical signatures. Um, but really, they're not particles. It's just it's conditions, which, which kind of shows that really at the, at the, the grounds of existence within, we, we, have, um, um, we have essentially motion, which is electrical motion. Um, uh, and it's a motion of what, and it's of the the substrate counter counterspatial element, which is what would what would be called ether. Um, and then you're kind of empty. And so this is this is um, you know this idea of mentalism uh, is brought forth because em empirical um, empiricism or or judging purely by the senses has some serious limitations. Um, and there are a lot of philosophers and even theolo um, theologians who who've um sort of contested and brought brought um an understanding to the 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 limitations of empiricism that 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 physical manif you know material reality is is the is the grounds of of all knowledge that that's that becomes problematic when you when you follow it through to its its ultimate um conclusion so when when you look at the at the other aspects that even are observable within our, our sensory world. Like you can see electricity, you can feel it, but you can't, you can't isolate it. You can't, you can't treat it as a, a physical material substance. So then that, that sort of, um, you know, that, that retroductively destroys the, 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 you know, the postulation that everything is founded on this physical, you know, physical matter. That's the, 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 the basis of reality. So then it, it, it then, it, it then, leads you to the question okay well what is it that we're what we're actually looking at it's like well what are you looking at it with well you're looking at it with consciousness with a mind so there there has to be something you know that uh that necessitates that ground of being um and then that leads into the what i think is like the next next part of the um the next part of the the basic 
you know, what I've found to be the basic three principles when I've looked at most hermetic um, literature. Yeah. And that's the, the, the idea of law or continuity. Um, so law itself. So a lot of times people will go straight into, oh, we have this law and that law and this law. And it's like, okay, well, where does law itself, the idea and concept of law comes from? Law is the, is the, is the, the, the concept or the principle of continuity that's a flowing continuity that's present between all scales of existence, which as you realize that there's limitations to observing the world from strictly physical sense, and then you kind of, you come to this retroductive understanding that there's a mental or spiritual or metaphysical grounds to existence, that um, this continuity spans from those, those mental um, and metaphysical realms into the physically manifested reality. And the physically manifested reality is actually a mirror, a sensory, a sensory simulation, and uh, which is tethered and anchored to the substantial grounds of mind. So um, that's the, the second principle or, um, yeah, the second principle that I think is, is, is discussed and questioned and, um, you know, mold over in the, in the, in the, the systems of mystical sciences, like, uh, hermeticism, alchemy and so forth. So, okay. Before we get to cause and effect here in the, um, in our little outline here, I just wanted to go back to, uh, to what we were talking about on mind, because yeah. I had some, I had some notes here that I thought maybe we could have a little dialogue on. Absolutely. Um, so from the Hermetica, I was reading this and um, so it essentially says, you know, we are limited by our physical bodies, you know, and, and God's mind is not limited. It's, and God's mind is the oneness or that one thing that unites everything. Right. And it's the mind of a human, um, the mind of a human being is made in the image of God's big mind. If we can free our mind from the limitations imposed by the physical body, we can experience the mind of God to a higher degree. This is the spiritual goal of human life to do, to do this. We have to expand our awareness. We have to reach out our little minds to experience God's big mind. And that kind of goes back to the, the holographic nature of, of our universe. But you know, I just, that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, we're kind of bound in these physical bodies. And so it's, it's harder to connect, you know, if we were not bound by the physical bodies, you know what I mean? And that's, I think, I think that's part of the work here too, is kind of an obstacle, kind of an obstacle, not that it's like not a gift to have this body, but it's an obstacle to overcome, to connect back to source. Um, that's kind of my take from it. And then also one more thing, um, you know, it's, it also says if the universe is mental in its nature, the art of mental transmutation must be the art of changing the conditions of the universe along the lines of matter, force, and mind. This is the magic that the ancient text wrote about. And so, yeah. And, and also I want to touch a little bit on how we co-create, you know, on, you know, being co-creators of the world, you know, and, and this is all, it all ties into mentalism, you know, because we create through our minds in the same way that God creates just on a smaller scale. So um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think, um, so this idea that of, um, you know, we're, we're all in the mind, so to speak of God and, and, and of the creator and 
also that is in that's within us because you know and it's it sounds like it's a paradox in a certain sense but it's like um and i do want to i do want to it, it sort of connects to the idea of what you said like the, the physical body is our way of of coming to know that and so the gnostics treated that as sort of in a certain sense is is like we're in a we're in a physical prison and i don't quite right. see it that way i do think that there's a limitation to it um but that can be seen as and when you recognize that limitation you realize that that's where you you have to really come to terms with the the fact it's like i you have to be humbled by the fact that you're you're in a limited you're in a limited you know totally. vessel but that but you still have the ability to recognize and to to be a, you know connected to something that is far beyond the 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 scope of the human limitations of physical limitations and that we even that we're even able to conceptualize of something like that is miraculous like the fact that we're able to take things from this physical world and modify them and 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 turn them into something that never existed at least in that form previous to that that's that that just that just that's just it's it's an amazing it's an amazing aspect of life and that it's it, yeah. it testifies to this this just sublime nature of existence um and you're really going to find if you go look deeper and deeper and you keep reading into some of the um literature that's involved with uh you know you know like the hermetica or the corpus hermeticum these ideas are are, are communicated beautifully and I, I mean uh there's the idea that's in um you know i i think the um timothy timothy i think it's pronounced freak or freak and he's a freak yep. he's a freak man um timothy freak um and peter gandy's uh you know translation of the of the hermetica the hermetica or corpus hermeticum and it, they compile some different texts and, and they they sort of you know make a compilation of it and i think it's really well done and i've you know cross-referenced it cross-referenced it with other tra another translation of the corpus hermeticum that i have um but this idea is throughout it is is the idea that um in the same way that um the that all existence is is really um in the mind of of god or in the mind of the creator that within within the human mind speech is created in, in, in an analogous fashion um and then from that you know it's it, it's we are able to um even through speech um interface with the with the rest of reality and as you said like that's where our our co-creative um uh, capacities is born so it's it's just it, it's really you know i don't know i think it's really interesting how how many different takes of physical reality people have and i i just don't think that we're like trapped here you know i do yeah. think that i think that we have the ability to um make it it, it make it show in 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 endless different ways but we could we could be on a on a more positive polarity based off of the higher that that we're able to come into understanding and um harmonize and harmonize with these with these principles within our life yeah and i just wanted to touch on the aspect of our bodies being um kind of limiting and that <laughs> as you may know Remini, i am a fan of entheogens <laughs> and so um you know you know, honestly, I know that they got a stigma around them, but man, if you want to connect to creation, that is one way to do it. And, and you know, it'll take you from zero to, to the inner workings of God in about 30, half an hour, you know, and 
and so your body like at times literally feels like foreign you know at least for me it is like literally felt like this doesn't belong here or something like that and so it's just it's kind of like you're having an out-of-body experience almost and so you're it's for me it's like more easy to connect to higher-minded ideals and things like that because you're you're not limited to um just like five senses it seems like and so for me that's been a, a great tool to um you know reset myself humble myself and um connect to create to the creation because you know those things they can't be here by accident man there's no way <laughs> i've oh, had yeah. too many experiences that say otherwise yeah um not to be like superficial because i you know those things are very sacred to me you know yeah I, and i i think that i with anything you can you can you know i think sometimes you can abuse people, anything you yeah. can abuse them right yeah but that doesn't mean that there isn't some functional use to them yeah and um it, it's like don't really it's not gonna, it's not your your key and your ticket it's like it's all of it you have to you you have to s simulate the all by trying to integrate as much understanding of all mm -hmm. things as you possibly can that's why it's, it's like a tool exactly it's a tool. I, that, and that's why i think the thing it's a tool mm -hmm. yeah and that that um approach of of using every everything that you come into contact contact with as a tool for um a continuous growth is it's it's i can't stress enough how important that is um and it's like all of these things that we're, we're we're addressing and speaking on in these in these recordings in these podcasts it's i cannot i cannot overemphasize how important it is that i have no dogma or creed that i'm trying to i'm trying to communicate to be i there are certain things that i think are undeniably present and undeniably true within within the framework of understanding and learning but i'm not here to 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 enforce upon anybody or impress upon anybody's mind without uh, without encouraging people to, to to journey through this stuff, they, I didn't get value from this because somebody said, "Oh, this book and this this tradition is really good." I got value from it when I read it, I critiqued it, analyzed it, and I looked at the and then I read and critiqued and analyzed this thing and this thing and this thing, and and that's what is at the the heart of this is that you're you're really going you're going within yourself and you're connecting and understanding the bridge between that which you see outside of yourself and that which you know within yourself and then putting it through the fire constantly putting it through the fire so that you can get a more purified version of that and that's exactly that that's an incredibly um i mean it's invaluable there's it, it's it's where value comes from it's it's the invaluable grounds of value you know so and that ties in beautifully with what we're talking about that alchemical gold that we're looking for you know we we put all that information through the fire and and we remove the dross the shit that is floating on top you know and and what's left is that pure pure white pristine you know metal or gold or or whatever you know you're trying to transmute there but the important part is that you're you're doing that work you know it's not just listening to a person and taking it as dogma you got to go out there and do it yourself so yeah you'll never hear us tell say our word is the infallible final word so yeah. it'll always be to help assist people on the path and um remove roadblocks for people that are because we're i mean honestly there's 
people way ahead of us on the path and there's people behind us on the path. And we're just trying to remove roadblocks to make it a little easier for people to, uh, to, to, to climb it, you know, make it a little easier, uh, journey for them. So, yeah. And by, by trying to actually live it and, and know it and, you know, apply it within, I can only apply it for myself, but I can, but then I can put that, you know, that on display as like a narrative and as a, sort of you know uh, uh, that's why i think the arts are such a powerful tool because it's it's your it's your way of of communing what uh, communicating what you've found and what you've communioned with through um you know through your spirit and through your mind and physical body and and presenting it and hoping that it does um you know yield some fruit for anybody who's you know who's walking along the path and they come come to it you know so yeah. um and I think that we we sort of maybe alluded to this, but I do think. Um, uh, do you do you want to do you want to talk about uh, the the aspect of of what we would refer to as law, which which humans have referred to as law, and in um, in, re, in regards to the um, uh, how sort of hermetic the hermetic teachings sort of um, elucidate and and apply that. Um, let's see, Remy, you touched on this earlier. Um, this exact quote actually that I had saved here. Um, if man owing to his half wisdom thinks, acts, and lives thinking the universe as a dream, then indeed he does it, does it so become for him. And like a sleepwalker, he stumbles over ever around and around in a circle, making no progress and being forced into an awakening at last by his falling bruised and bleeding over the natural laws he has ignored. Keep your mind ever on the stars, but keep your eyes on your footsteps, lest you fall into the mire by reason of your upward gaze. And that's that feet on the ground spirituality, you know, and, and that's not uh, all the new agers are, you know, getting that fifth dimension. Just don't focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's we're here in these physical bodies. You know, we have to pay attention to what's going on in reality. We have to look at the dark side in order to know how to act in, in the world and create harmony. So, um, yeah, that's, um, I, I love that quote because I just, I just love the, uh, keep your, keep your mind ever on the stars, but your, um, eyes on your footsteps. I mean, that is just badass. Yeah. And I think that the reason why that quote really jumped out to me is that that book was written in what night, like 1918 or something like that. Yes. Or, yeah. And so, early. yeah, it, this is, you know, at sort of the, the early, um, you know, the early steps of, of what is becoming a, a very prominent solipsistic, um, and nihilistic view of reality, um, that I think people end up coming to when they either get trapped in empiricism, but also get trapped in subjectivity, um, which they can kind of, um, you know, bleed into each other. Um, that this idea that, oh, well, if the universe is all just mental, that means that everything is just a mental construct and there's no reality to it. And it's like, well, that's, that's assuming that there's no continuity within, the, within the mental realm as well, or within the, the spiritual realm, which is, you know, it's a hard thing to prove, you know, but it's, uh, it, it's, it, it comes down to looking at the, the, the axiomatic grounds of a claim and seeing what it brings forth and what, what, um, you know, what steps follow when you, when you act in accordance with that. And when you act in accordance with the idea that the world is just a, is just a, a, a complete illusion in, in the sense that it's a, de a delusion, not just an illusion, but that it's a delusion, that it's a, it's a, it's a completely 
nonsensical complete uh, oh, my reality is this and the rules for my reality are this and they may completely contradict to the reality of somebody five feet away from me and the way that their reality operates in mm-hmm. quotes um but both are equally valid which is it, it, which um you know contra- uh, which you know breaks the that law of contradiction a um you know cannot also be not a you know a yeah. a can also or a cannot also equal not a a equals a right so um right. now um this well it's that common thread right and I yeah feel, i feel like so many people i'm living my truth well if everybody lives their truth we're going to get more of what we have because you know somebody's truth may be i need to go kill somebody for meat or something yeah you know that may be somebody's truth if there's no moral basis no spiritual law natural law um that ties us all together then you know we're we just have chaos in the world and yeah. that's what we're trying to bring out of hermeticism and and all these different schools of thought we're, we're, we're trying to show the that thread that ties all of this together the foundation mm-hmm. from which we can build yeah i think a stumbling block stumbling block that that shows up in those um and and even people who are you know a lot of smart people um i think come to this this question and it's it can stump a lot of people it's like oh well how does relative truth um you know inter interact and mingle with and the idea of there being an absolute truth and it's that it's a pretty simple idea um so it's like if somebody says well i'm living my truth well my truth is that i like to you know you know slaughter people and <laughs> do this is a terrible <laughs> idea i like to do some terrible thing and then yeah. and then der- and derive some type of you know instantaneous um reward so-called from it um and and that okay well that's true for me and it's like well it is true that if your goal is this then this is this these are the steps that you take to get there right so that's basically, if you look at it, that's a blueprint. Um, and it's a blueprint that states, if this, then this, right? Which is still based off of the fundamental concept of there being logical truth or a line of logic. And so that is a relative truth, which means that that is something that in my world relates to the the stated goal that I have. And then, but that is still just a small analogy of the general idea of truth itself. And so that's truth as it relates to the primary source of truth or the primary mm-hmm. actual absolute truth. Now, th- then the question is, well, do these steps that I'm putting forth within my relative framework, now do those fit into or do those conflict with any of the previously established or fundamentally established um, truths that are actually encompassing uh, on in a larger scale? Um, and if you find that they don't, fit then they need to be thrown out because they will throw themselves out eventually and that's what this whole idea is now that's not taught within like a lot of these um you know uh very you know they're they're watered down spiritual traditions that are becoming more popular like the idea of of the law of attraction oh well if i want this thing i'm going to make it come to me and so it's all just how you can attract things yeah the the secret right it's like (laughs) how you can attract all these things to yourself but there's no there's no conversation essentially whatsoever in these in these 
in these um books and then in these in in these um you know ideological schools of thought that that even ask the question about the maybe the the law of induction well how does what you bring to yourself induce a response within the world and 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 those things around you um and so it, if it doesn't overtly describe and and espouse the idea of solipsism or pure selfishness um mm it definitely implies it and it implies it through its through its you know utilitarian purpose of getting the things that you need for your own exactly. self so it may not um you know it may not overtly um say oh well one of the uh, the tenets of of our school of law of attraction is solipsism and that only i exist and all and and you know this hedonistic perspective it may not say it overtly but it uh, it, it implies it through its 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 um stated purpose of utilitarian um and pragmatic um you know uh uh application yeah and in relation to what we're talking about these you know these books like the secret and all this cheap law of attraction stuff that is like material alchemy mm -hmm. you know it's like how can i bring material riches to my to my existence what we're talking about is spiritual alchemy and that's something you're not gonna you're not gonna get in like the the new age or style stuff the amazon top books and spirituality and stuff like that you're not going to get how you can actually transmute yourself from a, a low vibration to a higher vibration or from you know fear-based consciousness to love-based consciousness or anything like that you know it's not going to be about the evolution of self it's going to be about how can i attract a new you know um jeep or you know new truck or something into my life or how can i get a mcmansion or you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's all about this material um material gain and that's that's the ex exoteric um perception of alchemy it's how how can we turn in um how can we turn something into gold but only for material gain. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, we're just trying to, to present the esoteric, more deep understanding of what this is and how we can uh, use it to evolve ourselves. Yeah, like it's, and it's even really just an, as a, it's a very logical question of, oh, okay, well, how does what happens to you affect the people outside of you or the conditions that are extraneous to your specific you know, um, experience. That's a pretty logical idea, but on a grand and on a, in a bigger sense, because what we're really talking about in, um, in this aspect of it is out of the three main principles that I've, I've detected in, um, within her, the hermetic, um, school of thought is this is cause and effect. So this idea of law of attraction in, um, you know, in the, the, you know, the whole, um, you know, it's not just law of attraction. It, it lives in, in a lot of just the general materialistic way that people view the world as well. It doesn't necessarily have to even be in the pseudo-spiritual law of attraction camp, but it's generally uh, cause and effect without any regard for, for, for morals, in a, in a sense. Um, so it's cause and effect in the relative sense with no, with no question of how cause and effect in the absolute sense ties into that and how, that, how it transcends and actually bridges between those two. Um, and this is actually, um, if you look at the development and the, you know, the loss of hermetic, um, teachings and then the, re and the resurgence of them, this is something that actually happened, um, once it was becoming popularized again, um, through like the European, um, uh, you know, the European, uh, Renaissance and the enlightenment periods. And, uh, as they were re, uh, reintroducing the world to these, um, to these, these spiritual teachings, which have generally been kept and guarded by a small group of people. And in my perspective, um, they're disseminated 
in a in a very surface level way, and, and and this is just my speculation, but they're disseminated in a surface level way so that so that you know, it, so that those who who do disseminate them, namely the the people in the secret um, societies that that tend to have a large influence on the the leaders of the world and and then therefore have a large influence on the followers of the world um they disseminate it in a in a in a in a half true fashion so that they can achieve specific results and then that they're able to guide things a certain way so um you see this happen within the european um the, the european resurgence of alchemy and um the hermetic mystery is that you see it largely taking on if not just within a literary form of the idea of gold and metals, then it starts to become even that in a in a in a in a real way. And then you see you see chemistry actually born out of this, which you mentioned earlier. Um, but chemistry then sort of divorces spirit from it entirely. So it becomes you know it becomes the the inverted the inverted alchemy. And um, a lot of what uh, what is what developed as a result of that is it's um, it's a really it's a it's a perfect display of what happens when you when you remove yourself from the heart of a teaching and then you really only surface level do it because it's going to still maintain its practicality because of the continuity of law within the universe so you can remove spirit from from chemistry and you're still going to be able to get these somehow get these results in what you're able to combine and um you know you remove from from the materials and oh we have this chemical now and this chemical and we're going to combine it we're going to put it here and then you get a certain and it's a it's a it's a really strange form because if you really look at it it's a strange form of black magic in a certain sense um and which is where the stigma of 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 alchemy as a dark art um came from because it was seen as oh there's these people who are um you know trying to use and and change the world and modify the physical world and with sort of uh you know no regard for for what that meant and it there there is a dark aspect of it if you remove it from its because it, that's only one part of the process the physical world is the darkness and the light is what what informs the physical so if you're leaving that part out of it then um it's really it's it's doing a disservice not just to the to the knowledge and the wisdom that is contained within um the lessons and messages but it's also doing a disservice to one's own body, mind, and spirit, and to and to the subsequent, um, you know, so um, societies that are that are compiled of of individuals acting. So it, it's it's this this cause and effect um, and law and and mental aspect of it. It's if it, if you do it, if you if you really abuse it in that sense and it, it, it will have an effect because because yeah. even even under a misuse and a false use well there's still something that is absolute tying that all together and still enacting a consequence as a result of it so you know do what you will with it but there's going to be a cause and effect uh mm -hmm. dynamic to it and and you'll see that play out and if it's not in accordance with with true um spiritual uh harmony then you will see it play out as as a in a very dissonant chaotic um fashion that will um translate into what we know in the sensory world as suffering yeah and, that, and that's natural law giving you the output of whatever input you you put into it you know what if it was a right action or a wrong action it's going to give you some form of output um and, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of people struggle with this, I think, in the idea of natural law, because they think, you know, Remy, if you, you did nothing to me and I 
punched you in the head or something, they're like, why doesn't an anvil fall in your head immediately? You know, if you do a wrong, <laughs> act, you know what I mean? It's like people, people perceive, um, natural law in that way. Well, it's like, well, since it doesn't work immediately, that's why we need authority to step in and do God's work. You know, that's why we need police officers to come in and, and immediately arrest somebody for, you know, whatever it is. But, um, I think that's why people struggle with this is because mm -hmm. there's like a time lag between an action and then the reaction, because you don't understand that it's not just like this micro thing. It's like your actions in the world affect the macro, the, the aggregate of, of humanity. So like there's this time lag between whatever action you took and then the universe trying to rearrange everything, all the dynamics, and then give you your result you know maybe that's the next day maybe it's two years from now maybe it's in the next lifetime you know but it that's i think people miss um the um nature of of natural law because they see it like the roadrunner cartoon mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then they don't understand the actual dynamics of how um it takes time for the the universe to give you the effect of your actions. Absolutely. And, and I think that, um, as you dig into more and more forms of knowledge, then you see this, this general principle play out exactly as, as that. So this time lag is in reality, it's a magnitude lag. It's a lag of magnitude, which, um, in, in terms of, um, you know, like, uh, electrical or electromagnetic theory could call that his hysteresis. It's the, it's the lag in, in, in time, um, representing this change or this, uh, this fluctuation that, that occurs. So this time lag that we have, cause time is really just a measure of magnitudes. Um, so, uh, this time lag that occurs is because your magnitude as a singular node of, of, um, you know, consciousness, a singular node of, of this general dynamic of, of existence is only going to have a certain level of magnitude or magnitudinal, uh, cause and effect within the, the, the manifest world, which presents itself identical to hysteresis. And the hysteresis is the, that lag that's experienced um, when a, an electromagnetic dynamic is induced upon a medium. So of course there's going to be a time like that, that, that understanding is, is like you said, it's cartoony and it's actually not, there's nothing in, there's nothing even in the strict physical world that would even testify or, um, you know, that would corroborate with this idea that, oh, an, a, an, an effect would be on that level would be automatic. And, you know, well, it's like the, the, the amount of magnitude, you know, the, magna, yeah. the, amount, the amount and, and magnitude of the action is going to have, um, you know, a, a proportional response to it. So if you have then a million individuals, which are acting essentially as cells, that become a battery, right? Because each cell connected from from its positive, it becomes the battery. So, um, you have all these people acting in a certain way, and it just so happens to be in a really guided, directed, um, you know, uh, in sort of an omnidirectional um, uh, trajectory. Then you're going to see that magnitude of effect happen a little bit more, what we would call instantaneously, because there's going to be less. Um, hysteresis because there's a higher induction rate. So you have this higher induction rate causing this, 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 um, you know, this consequence to occur. Well, if you have a million people believing the same thing, 
then you're going to have, or you have, you know, three million, three, four, five million people believing the same thing, therefore acting in accordance with that belief and that axiom, then you're going to have a lot quicker of um, a representation of that action within the manifest reality, which is um, that hysteresis is going to present itself a, a lot quicker. Um, and so that I, to me, that makes, that makes perfect sense why you would have a lag in, in, in karmic, so-called karmic consequence as a single individual within this huge cell of, of, um, the battery of life, you know? Dude, I'm so pumped. You, you tied that in that way. Cause that was, that was genius, you know? <laughs> and that's, I mean, yeah, that really hits home for me because, it makes, like you said, it makes total sense. You know, if it was an individual action, of course, it's going to take a long, there is going to be a longer time lag. But if you have the masses of people all acting in, in unison in the same way, of course, the uh, response is going to be more swift because, uh, you know, there's more energy there, right? Or um, So, yeah, you can also see why um, the minds of, of people is a very important thing thing to control for for the masses you know controlling mm -hmm. people's beliefs um and like we said everything that proceeds or everything that uh, is in our happening in our world was first a thought and so if you can control people's thoughts you're going to create the world that you want to see you know and and so that's why it's important that people do this work on an individual individual level and you know you protect your thought energy too because we're responsible for our thought energy you know, mm -hmm. and if we're just giving it away to people with um, malintent, you know, then uh, we're going to get a bad, a bad output, which is exactly what we're seeing here today. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's like, as, as you look at the, uh, you know, as the, at the world that has manifested, or if you look at the world that's been constructed as a result of, you know, the, the, you know, the rising and falling of, of these, you know, fundamental forms of knowledge and application of this wisdom, you'll see that um, generally the people who hold on to this and, and disseminate this information, um, they tend to be, the, I don't know, to me, they tend to be the, the people that you would least want to and and then the world <laughs> reflects it because they're in such control of it. But, they gravitate towards, them, right. towards those positions, you know, and yeah, if, if they know a certain um, set of, or, you know, a certain body of knowledge is going to get them to the position they want, of course, they're going to gravitate towards it and hoard it mm -hmm. for themselves. And, and as we know, a knowledge differential creates a power differential. Right. And it's really interesting um, because when you, we I, how I mentioned like how chemistry was largely born out of, it was entirely born out of the idea of alchemy, which I, born out of, of the hermetic, you know, um, the hermetic laws of understanding mental, you know, the mental plane and how it, and, and how it, you know, correlates with the physical plane. Um, and even our basic understanding of the things that we live on on a day-to-day -day basis, electricity is, you know, largely in a battery, you have to have an understanding of alkaline and um, acidity and, and the balance of that and how that transmits charge um, and discharge. Um, so it, even though these sciences were, uh, in a certain sense of perversion and separated from the, um, you know, the core understanding, you can see that, uh, there's been a very real 
application of these general principles within even just the physical world that we're that we're living out right now batteries cell phones keyboards computers all of these things are um they are using these principles and 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 it's my understanding that the people who are really really guiding these these um you know these industries they're aware of that they're aware of this of uh, um um this fundamental knowledge and even if they're only acutely aware of it um, they do have their foot in it. And even if you're not aware of where this knowledge comes from and what it's rooted in, if you're acting in accordance with it, it will come to be as such in proportion to the, and in proportion to, and in congruity with uh, the, the, the basics of this um, and the basic tenets of this understanding. Because it, it, and that is to me, another representation of how, uh, this is a real world or uh you know this there is a substantial reality to to um to the grounds of existence um and that even if you don't realize that you're that you're doing something in regards to these principles it, it still plays out yeah man and and that was beautifully said as well and then um the last thing we want to touch on is uh, uh these mystery schools had they were kind of known for their secrecy, you know, not casting their pearls before swine, because the idea was that if this knowledge got into the hands of the profane, so to speak, then they'll use it for ill intent because they're not evolved to a state where they're going to use it for the benefit of humanity, which is the intention. But Remy and I kind of stand um, in the camp of, you know, is it our duty to withhold knowledge from people and kind of prevent progress that could be made, you know, and, and we don't, we don't believe that that's right. And it's like, so these are all, all kind of occultist practice uh, practices, which is, you know, it's hidden knowledge. And we kind of de-occult that we kind of bring it to the, we're trying to bring this into public awareness. And so the people that um, are on the path, you know, may have, like I said, may have an easier time. And so the presence or reemergence of the topics contained in the hermetic philosophy, which in later generations was revitalized in the arising of alchemy, shows that these concepts, that of spiritual law, were present in ancient times, and the idea is not wholly foreign. So, um, yeah, man, you I, just yeah, want to touch on that? Yeah, I think it's like the idea is that, um, and as we've kind of already gone over, but it, it is that this this is not a... It, an idea that that just showed up one time and it, it was never presented before that. Um, but what you do find is that because it disappears and, and then revitalizes in certain certain times is that um, it begins to be uh, presented again more, more and become more commonplace. Um, and this, I think that the legacy of secrecy um, has played into uh, the the which is which is something that you and I speak on that I don't hear quite as many spiritual teachers speak on is the idea of um this concept of authority most people will even use spiritual allegories to to justify the idea that some should rule over others um and um this is I think uh it's like why do we 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 should we should have scrutiny over these traditions because um you know these are humans dealing with um concepts that we're that we're integrating within ourselves so we're, we're not uh you know we're not 
we shouldn't be just subjected to the the tradition and not question it. So um, this the legacy of secrecy, I think, has been that um, there is a group of people that in in spiritual in in in, in regards to spiritual uh, you know spiritual philosophies and teachings, consider that they who understand it better should be the the mitigators of of trial and error for all of humanity. And I think that that's a very erroneous way of uh, looking at this. Um, because how are people going to go through that that individual trial and error of learning the spiritual uh, steps of ascension and and moral ascension and then therefore physical ascension if it's withheld or it's only given to them on a surface level and we'll let them deal with the basics of it? Um, I think that that justification isn't really it, it isn't it isn't at all compatible with the idea that there's a singular creative mind, a singular creator that created and encapsulates all things within existence. Um, so, you know, rolling it back to that primal source of that, that unity of, of mind and law, and that means that there should be a single, uh, a, you know, a single, at least hoped, at least a, 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 a goal of, a singular awareness of the the fundamental teachings that are to to bring liberation to our spirit and return it to that unity yeah. um and not unity with people just for the sake of unity because i think clarity um precedes unity um so how can you have clarity if you're if you're being first of all purposely misled and how can you uh, uh, achieve clarity when those who have a vantage point aren't willing to give you advice? You know, and yeah, I think that that's yeah. a that's a huge issue that I have with this idea of secrecy. I do, so I think maybe you know the idea: don't cast your pearls before swine. Is if somebody's rejected you, um, you know, uh, over and over again, then 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 remove yourself from from that from that um, relationship, and you've presented that which needs to be presented. They'll deal with the consequences that are necessary and um, and appropriate to their to their level of of application. So. Yeah that's my that's my kind of uh my, my bottom line of this idea of that certain people should be first of all the holders of the knowledge and then therefore the 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 holders of power over humanity well and, and you know the more i think about it the more i understand like that's still based in a fear-based consciousness mm -hmm. you know because it's it's rooted in the fear that if we give this information to the public they're going to use it with ill intent you know that's it, that's still rooted in fear it's like it's like um, the the idea that we need a governmental authority of any kind is still rooted in fear because mm -hmm. you you'll say, well, we have psychopaths no matter what, and somebody has to keep them in check, and that's why we need a, you know authority figures to come do that. You know, we'll elect the best among us to um, enforce um, coercion and violence. Yeah, essentially, you know what I mean, and it's like you can you can be as like um you know it, the intention can be there but that's still based in a fear-based consciousness to me you know and, and a love-based consciousness it's like it's like put that information out there and let people run with it you know and, and that's that's not what we have today so you know we we're, this is and, and if you look out into the world right now look where we're at you know, look, look what hiding this knowledge, look where we've gotten hiding this knowledge. So maybe we need to try to, 
to liberate the knowledge and see where we get with that. Absolutely. And really the, the solution to that, to that fear, it's, it's not even really directly related. It's like, there's always going to be psychopaths. So therefore we need to get these people to, to rule. Well, there's always going to be people who just don't have enough spiritual knowledge. So therefore we need to keep it. That's like saying, you know, there's always going to be poisonous rose bushes in, or there's going to be poisonous bushes in, in, in the forest. So therefore, um, I have to build this really, really big wall in front of my house and, and, and make sure that it's like, it's, 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 it's a non sequitur in a certain sense, you know, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't actually directly deal with the, the 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 stated issue and then second of all it creates more issues that are you know secondary to that supposed solution in the first place it's like oh we can't let this information get out to the to the unlearned masses because then they're going to use it for bad for bad intentions yeah. and it's like okay so then keep it amongst a small group of people who use it for bad for bad intentions to control humanity you know so it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah it doesn't yeah, make where sense. do you think those psychopaths are going to gravitate towards what position yeah, yeah that that secret knowledge that has power for sure every time yeah and um i i think that uh in a in really simple sense um that you see this sort and i think manly p hall in one of his in, in one of his lectures about hermeticism he he sort of brings this up that when you have the more that this becomes commonplace and then the less need there is for a secret group of people who have who are, are who are initiated into the secret group to get this special knowledge because it's not special anymore because everyone else has it but it's like if it's so special is it special because nobody else has it or is it special because it's a an absolutely beautiful application of 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 harmony within the within within the universe that we're able to create fantastic and amazing situations and dynamics for ourselves to live within it, it's not great because certain people get to have it and other people don't that's like i mean it's childish You're like the fucking golem guy on lord of the rings or whatever yeah. is precious <laughs> yeah it's 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 really it's to me it's really it's an infantile and undeveloped way of looking at uh, at spirituality in general and and um this is something that i will always have a critique about every time i read any of these um you know any of this literature and 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 that's why it's like um as you said this is a this is every you know we're we're living in a, in a, a living universe we're we're observing and assessing and analyzing living dynamics and living laws i'm not looking at a book for guidance i'm looking at the book of life itself for guidance and looking at and understanding and how to how to better establish that and how to work on top of what has been given to us and and get rid of the things that haven't worked this is not a dogma and a doctrine that is unquestionable um because it's essentially based in the in the in the the observable patterns and tenets and laws that can be retroduced abduced deduced whatever from foundational principles so it's something that is right now it's in the here and now pay you know pay attention to it devote attention to it um it, it and speak about it try it out with people you know question it question yourself question your your axioms and and grow from that this is and that's not going to happen if you just let the same people and their kids and their kids and their children and their children you know just keep reiterating aspects of this dynamic and foundational law of existence within their small circles that's just going to be i mean it's it's basically spiritual inbreeding yeah yeah well said dude that was a 
that was a beautiful little uh, rant you went on there. Thanks, man. Thanks. I dug it. <laughs> <laughs> dug it. And uh, another thing I think that um, I did want to point out is that uh, I think as a result of this, um, you know, this method being kept within a small group of people largely and then just, you know, lightly disseminated uh, to the to the masses is that there has been reference and um, allusion to the necessity for morals and ethics. And, um, you know, some philosophers have touched upon ethics and morals, and I think they've done so in a pretty, in my honest opinion, in a pretty weak and undeveloped way. I've read, you know, some of Nico McCain ethics by, by Aristotle, and I wasn't impressed. Um, be, with his inability to to connect make a connection between um you know uh, the relative or uh relative ethic and then the the overall ethic or good as it as it is versus you know good within practical approach type of situations and i think maybe there was a certain level there are people and i think that um marianne atwood in the suggestive inquiry to hermetic mystery suggests that people actually accuse aristotle of purposely misguiding people in that regards, but, um, which is something that's a speculation that could be observed and, and, uh, analyzed further, but there, um, there has not been a deeply, um, assessed and clearly elucidated and communicated study of morals and ethics, I think within the framework of, um, of spiritual philosophy, I think to the degree that there could have been. And I think that to the levels that it has been, um, it's one of, it's one of the less, uh, focused on aspects of it. And I think that we don't have to be subjected to the, um, you know, the, 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 the traditions and the histories that, that preceded us. We'll look at things and be like, well, there, is there any proof from anybody before that says that this is something that needs to be observed and that needs to be, um, you know, focused on it's like, um, well, I think that looking at the state of the world and how it continually does this, maybe a little bit more emphasis should be put on that and a little bit less emphasis should be put on this constant obsession of ascension and, asc and ascending past the, the realms. And it's like, well, what if ascension is taking a lot more focus on the human day-to-day -day interactions? Maybe we have to, and that's what I brought up earlier, ascending and bringing that up with us, not leaving it behind, but bringing it with it, you know? Yeah. So even if um, no previous gen generation has yet to extrapolate and elucidate the inherency of moral law within the framework of the continuity and transcendence of mental and physical laws, this is not the disproving of a, such a relation. Um, and it's not, um, uh, the, it's not really a, a refutation and, um, a, a negation of the necessity. It just means that it hasn't really been previously explored and, um, and you know, really, uh, it, I don't want to say this word. I don't want to say, cap it hasn't been, um, it hasn't really been explored and, and developed to the degree that it, that it can be. And, and that is a focus that I largely would like to contribute is, uh, you know, really clarifying that um, that relation and how it isn't connected or it isn't disconnected. So really clarifying that relation and that it isn't disconnected. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of, um, people in our society think we have to, uh, they, they want that appeal to authority, right? Well, where is the, where's the proof and in, in that we should be following this this doctrine or whatever. And so, you know, where's the ancient text or whatever? And they totally disregard their observable world that they go out in on the day to day. 
you know, you can experience God by looking at a leaf out there. You know what I mean? You can, and you connect, you can make all these connections and tie and tie in creation, you know, like that's what consciousness, consciousness is being able to recognize patterns in a meaningful way. And, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people just totally disregard the, you know, the, we're a part of creation and you can observe that on your day to day and, uh, and find meaning in that. And it doesn't have to come from an ancient source. You know, these are just tools. It's not dogma to be followed blindly. So it's, it's to integrate into your life and, uh, evolve that way through uh, direct experience. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, like you can see, basically it's like in, in the Corpus Hermeticum and the Hermetica, um, states this idea in, in, in a poetic way, it says that, you know, God or the creator can only be known by, by thought. The creator can only be known by thought, but his body, so to speak, can be seen with the eye. Um, so in other words, you know, and it's not saying literally, yeah, obviously right. don't want to take that too, too literally in, in, a, in like that God has a corporeal form, mm-hmm. but that, um, God this, is all everything. Yeah. So this, yeah. this, and, and, and this sensory world is, is a representation of that. It, it's a representation in a mirror of that, that ground of existence. Um, so, um, I, I think that, th- that, you know, that's a, that's the, the general, that's the that's the the blueprint of 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 where we're largely trying to go with this with with this um you know study into this this topic specifically um uh i don't you know um i don't expect to cover all of it uh i think that that's yeah. a that's a good um and I think if we had a, a couple lifetimes maybe yeah we'd be able to do that yeah or in a yeah. certain sense we did we covered it all because it's really summed up in in a very simple <laughs> yeah. idea right in a few yeah simple we could have just made a couple of sentences and yeah. said that's it yeah (laughs) yeah but um yeah i think as we as we dig into this and um start to you know as we you as you bring in and um and you really bring into vision and into mind more of the you know the various details of existence and the minutia of existence and you put them through the process of of analysis and you'll you'll recognize and this is something that happens with me and every time i get into a new a new subject is that you'll you'll recognize that there's something there's something that kind of holds them all together there's there's something there that uh that that makes them that makes them you know they're not unintelligible when you get into a new study it's not like okay here we are starting from scratch and we have to have a brand new set of of ideas and principles that that presents it i mean and even if you do say all right i'm starting completely from scratch and then you look into it you're going to find some some you're going to find that continuity so i think um as we move forward um addressing all the various um you know multiplicities that arise as a result of of this sensory world um it's it, it paints a really really brilliant mosaic of of what really of what really um ties it all together and 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 binds it um so i think i think that's probably a good place to to cut it off for today um and i agree man i thought yeah i thought we laid out the foundation um as well as we could at least that's my hope i hope that all kind of made cohesive sense you know and and what the hermetic philosophy is 
is basically about, you know, I know it wasn't a real in-depth study, technical study, but you know, this is kind of what these introductory episodes are about, just kind of introducing these topics and then coming back to them later and, you know, introducing them to the listeners so they can, um, you know, study themselves, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I highly, highly encourage people, um, who listen to the, you know, take these little, these are just jumping off points, take them and, um, you know, looking looking into finding some books on this stuff because reading books and reading physical books too like is it's 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 something that is just it is it's a gift that we should i don't think that we should squander um so i just highly encourage people to to look further look into into the into the 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 vast amounts of of written written documentation on all these concepts and and things that you'll find things that that pique your interest that might send you into um another related uh study on that that you know that coincides with it that that might um help it connect for you for me music has been a huge way that i've been able to connect the dots with a lot of this stuff because again there's certain principles that are applied there and i mean it's no uh, it's no surprise that it is such, uh, there is such a connection because I mean, Pythagoras having such a huge, um, you know, uh, role in contributing to music as it's developed, but, um, you know, find, find, you know, find your, uh, find your way through it. Uh, I think everyone, uh, you know, again, I, I highly encourage everyone to read into some of these books that were, that were, um, that we're mentioning here and, um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to get together like a, like a, a suggested reading list that, that we can, um, know just throw throw out there for people to to jump on but yeah man i i cool i think we're ready to we'll call it a day for today and we'll be back we'll we'll be doing another uh another one on this topic and we're gonna you know we're gonna try to um you know draw a little bit more out of this because it's a really vast uh it's a vast subject with a lot to cover um and then we'll we'll carry on from there but you know thanks for listening through um reach out to us again uh we're always always open for some questions here and there if you have any rebuttals comments questions concerns etc but yeah thanks for listening peace